Hey family, I'm Ashley. And I'm Dion. And we are the Woman, Woman Defined Podcast Season 2. Our goal is to encourage women to live authentically, on purpose, and in their God-given identities. So welcome to the Woman Defined Podcast. John 1.1 reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There is no way to know God without knowing his word. The Bible is literally God in written form. Every book, every chapter, every verse is wrapped in God. Even Leviticus and Numbers, which if you know, you know, okay? So follow along with us in your word as we dive deeper into God's word for revelation of who he is, who we are in him, what the life of a follower entails, and more. Welcome to the study sesh with the woman defined. Hey family, welcome back to another episode of the Woman Defined Podcast. We're in the beginning of our new series, Study Sesh with the Woman Defined. Whoop, whoop. For a quick recap on this mini series, we're going to be reading through scripture together. We're going to be unpacking what's going on in the word, and then we're going to examine how it applies to our lives. I'm going to ask reflection questions at the end that you guys as the listeners will respond to, whether that's DM on Facebook or on Instagram, shoot us an email at thewomandefined at yahoo.com, or if you're in Spotify, there's a Q&A space under each episode. Then I'm going to share your answers and mine in the beginning of the next episode before jumping into the new study session. Got it? Good. All right. So... I came in hot with day one. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of scripture, but it was good. It was a good foundation to start off the series with. We're starting off in a five-part series on Sarai and Abram. Here's what happened in day one. In Genesis 11 and 12, we read about how God gave Abram a command to go to Canaan and a promise that when he got there, the land would be his and his descendants for generations to come. Abram took his family. He stopped over in Haran, lived there for a little bit, then went forward onto Canaan like God told him. They got there and not only were the Israelites still inhabiting the land, but there was also a famine. So Abram and his wife Sarai then left Canaan with all their things and moved to Egypt where they lied about who they were to each other. They are husband and wife. They said they were brother and sister. God wasn't having none of it though. So he inflicted serious disease on Pharaoh and his household who then confronted Abram about it. He kicked them out, sent them on their way with their men and everything they had. Now, our day two study sesh picks up in Genesis 16, but there are a few important things that happen in between the chapters Genesis 12 and Genesis 16 that I need to cover that are impactful for the full Bible study sesh that we're going to be discussing around Abram and Sarai. So I'm going to jump into Genesis 13, 14, and 15. I'm a, it's real short, y'all, I promise. I, I got it shortened down. So after leaving Egypt, Abram, his wife Sarai, and his nephew Lot moved to the Negev with all the silver, gold, and livestock that Abram acquired. They kind of bounced around some more and ended up in the spot along the journey where Abram had stopped before and had built an altar. Okay, so y'all may remember in part one where we talked about how God told Abram to come out from his family and go to Canaan, but instead he decided to bring everybody with him. 
And then I said down the line, he would have to deal with the consequences of his disobedience and bringing Lot with him. Oh, well, buckle up. It's about to get real. We about to figure out some of these consequences. Okay, so they're at the Negev by a place called Bethel. And Abram and Lot had way too much stuff and not enough space in the land that they're at. So naturally, they started to get into it. They ended up going their separate ways. Abram stayed in the land of Canaan while Lot went east and lived near Sodom. Side note, the Bible says that the people in Sodom were wicked and sinning greatly against the Lord. Now, this is where Lot is staying at. After Lot left, God expanded on his promise to Abram, promising as many offspring as there is the dust on the earth. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that's a lot of kids. Dust on the earth? My God. So they're in two separate places. They didn't got into it. They didn't went their separate ways. War has broken out, y'all. Lots of different parties are involved in this war, but long story short, there was marching, fighting, and tar pit traps all popped off right where Lot was staying by Sodom, and he got caught up in the madness. He was kidnapped. They stole all his stuff. Then a refugee escaped the war and ran to tell Abram that they took Lot. So Abram gathered his 318 men and went to get his nephew. Okay, Abram is a rider. You hear me? Abram said, we ride together, we die together. Bad boys for life. <laughs> anyway, they rescued Lot, got all his stuff back, rescued some other people too. After Abram walked in obedience and refused to take anything from the king of Sodom, because again, they were wicked and sinning against God with all this stuff. Y'all can go and read that. I ain't getting into it right now. But God told him, don't take nothing from this man. Abram walked in obedience. After he did, God visited him in a vision and promised him that as many stars are in the sky, that is how many offspring that he's going to bless him with. Again, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids, y'all. Here is where he shared that his descendants will be enslaved for 400 years, but that he punished the nation and the land would be his descendants. So that's the recap from those chapters in between 13 through 15 and y'all the drama but again there's some pivotal things that happened in that time so i just couldn't skip over them next up we are going to dive into the reflection questions from day one i'm going to share mine and then we're going to move forward with day two number one reflection question from day one have you ever told a lie on behalf of the bigger truth absolutely did it help or hurt the situation? It helped. Would I respond differently? I would love to be able to better communicate what was going on at the moment. Um, yeah, definitely didn't lie for a bigger truth. Number two, God told Abram and Sarai moved to a new city, experiencing famine, and they disobeyed him by moving to a city with food. However, he remained faithful and still made provision. When have you felt God directed you to do something that seemed irrational to you, only for him to intervene for your good? A couple episodes ago, I told my story about God moving me to Charlotte. And that's one good example of when God told me to, to do something that didn't really make sense to me, because as much as I was ready to leave Tallahassee, where I moved from, there were a lot of reasons why I didn't really line up rationally. I was at a good job. I was making good money. I had was surrounded by family and friends. I didn't know anybody here. Yeah, God told me to do it and it is for my good. I was obedient. Number three, what decision, big or small, greatly impacted the trajectory of your life? 
my decision to go to the college that I went to actually impacted <laughs> my life in a major way. I went to FSU in Tallahassee, Florida. Go knows, But that was not my plan. My plan was to go to USF in Tampa in South Florida. But God had other plans. And that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother miracle for another time. But going to FSU instead of USF was a decision that completely changed my life from the things that I learned, the woman I've become, the people that shaped me, the family and friends that I have, the relationships. It's, it's all changed my life. All right. Final reflection question from day one. Think of a time when you disobeyed God and negativity ensued. Examine the root of your disobedience. How can you counteract it moving forward? I know this went off fat. Um, so a lot of the times my disobedience was rooted in a lack of faith in Christ. And it manifested as fear, which led to me making my own decisions or going against what I knew wasn't of Christ, knew was against what God uh, designed for my life. And now I counteract it moving forward by reminding myself all that he has done in the past, not just in my life, in the lives of those around me, what his word says, his promises and how he's not a liar and that every single promise that he's made has come to pass. And so if he promises me something, he's going to bring it about. And also remembering that he's my big, powerful God, but he's also my personal father. So he can move the mountains. He can spit the seeds. He can raise the dead, but also he knows me and he loves me and he's making decisions based on what's best for me according to his will. And that's love. So all of those help me move in a greater, much greater level of faith. And that concludes our reflection questions from day one. Now let's go ahead and dive in today to where we pick up in Genesis chapter 16. All right. Remember that each day has its own theme and scriptures. So for day two, our theme is choosing desperation over faith. And the scripture is again, Genesis 16, one through 16. I will be reading from the NIV version and it reads, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah says. So after Abram had been living in Canaan for 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms. And now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from? Where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. And he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. 
Then she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Beer Lehi Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. There is a good amount of things happening there, guys. So quick summary of those 16 verses I just read. Sarai and Abram have now been in Canaan for 10 years. Sarah's still unable to bear children. Therefore, she's unable to carry on their family's legacy. Now, back in the day, this was a vital duty for women of this time that brought honor to their lineage. Burdened by the pressure of society and family responsibility, Sarai devises a scheme to have her slave that came with them from Egypt, Hagar, sleep with Abram in an attempt to build their family through her. And Abram agrees to it. They sleep together and a child is conceived. Hagar begins to develop animosity and contempt for Sarai. As the old people say, she starts to smell herself. This animosity makes Sarai uncomfortable, so she starts mistreating Hagar, causing her to run away. The angel of the Lord finds Hagar in the desert, promises to bless her with numerous descendants, names, and describes her son, and convinces her to return to Sarai and Abram. Hagar goes back, and when Abram is 86 years old, their first son, Ishmael, is born. Once again, Sarai and Abram do not trust God to keep his promises. Out of frustration and impatience, Sarai takes things into her own hands and makes them worse. She allows shame and desperation to override her faith and create a messy, unnecessary situation. Once again, though, God intercedes and blesses that mess. Here are our important considerations for today's study sesh. Hagar was one of the servants that Abram received during his time in Egypt. Yet another delayed consequence of their disobedience by not going directly to Canaan as God directed. Had they never went to Egypt, they may not have even met Hagar and concocted this scheme that brought about all the more drama. According to my research, Ishmael was the first one in the Bible given his name before he was born. God doesn't give a name if he doesn't have a plan so despite the conniving way his conception came about, God still had a plan for this boy and his descendants. Next important consideration. Despite most likely being from Egypt with different beliefs, Hagar recognized that this was no mere angel who appeared to her. She called him the God who sees me. She returned to the abusive household with the confidence in God that if he could be with her in the wilderness, he could be with her in having to go back and submit to Sarai. She humbled herself and had faith in the Lord. And last, God promised Hagar the one thing Sarai wanted so badly, to have descendants too numerous to count. It is ironic that the very thing Sarai schemed against God for, a child and social acceptance, were the things that he granted to Hagar. There is no outplotting, outscheming, outmaneuvering, outstrategizing the will of God. He is God. Okay? So moving on from those important considerations, we're going to jump into our reflection questions. Reflection question number one. Based on Sarai and Abram taking things into their own hands, have you ever tried to quote unquote help God out? How did that turn out for you? Reflection question number two. In this chapter, Sarai convinces Abram to go along with her plan then she turns around and blames him for the repercussions of it. 
Have you ever let someone convince you to do something you know was wrong? Why or why not? Final reflection question for day two study sesh. These kind of surrogate mother practices weren't unusual in the ancient world. In other words, other people were doing it. However, it was not acceptable for Abram and Sarai because God had already made him a promise. He had different plans for them than what unfolded. Tell me about a time where you wanted to do what everyone else was doing, only to learn that God has a different plan for you. That is a wrap on day two study sesh, guys. Make sure you're not just listening to me read through these scriptures and all that I'm gleaning from them. Don't just take my word on the word. Take out your own Bible and study for yourself, whether it be along with me on these episodes or in your own time separately. One of the things I love about doing Bible study with other people is hearing the different perspectives. The Holy Spirit reveals different things to different people in different seasons with different words. So all these different perspectives, make sure you're studying for yourself. There is valuable learning to gain from different perspectives and sharing of scripture. Now, we're going to move on to our final segment in the study sesh called God Winks and Prayer Requests. In this segment, we're going to share a positive win and we are going to share a prayer request. Matthew 18, 19 through 20 says, again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, ask and it shall be done for you by my father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am among them. Let's go to God together and watch how he answers our prayers in his name. So my God wink for this episode is I've really been consistent with my workouts and that has not always been my testimony. So I'm proud of what I'm doing thus far and how I'm taking care of my body and investing in my physical health for the long run. For my prayer request, I would love for you guys to join along with me in prayer that I continue to be led by the Holy Spirit. That is my prayer for the season and you can never go wrong with being led by the holy spirit but i want to continue to be led by him in each and every facet of my life each and every second of my day week month i don't want to step a toe out of line without the holy spirit telling me to so that is what you can be praying along with me coming to agreement with my prayers for so make sure you shoot me your prayer request in god winks that can go to our email, our Facebook, our Instagram. There are places to find us. That concludes our time for today. Thank you for tuning in to today's study sesh with The Woman Defined. We can be found on Instagram and Facebook at The Woman Defined. You can shoot us an email at thewomandefined at yahoo.com. Check out our website over at thewomandefined.com. Please also make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Again, I'm your host, Dion, and I have one final request as we go. And that is give somebody God today. Whether that be praying for somebody, complimenting them, holding someone accountable, or giving someone grace. Whatever you do, show them Christ. He loves you. Be blessed.